You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, this morning, um, I've already said it's good to see you. This is uh, this has been a long anticipated Sunday for me because. There was a lot that happened on this nine-hour drive, and one of the things that happened was the Lord just began to lay out what He was going to do this year. Um, And I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it, and I wanted to almost just, okay, i got to figure out a way to live stream and have a Sunday service on a Monday morning in the car, because I just need to share this. It's been in me, it's been wanting to explode for a long time, but the Lord just told me to wait until we could meet in person. It was supposed to come last week, but just said, wait. This was for us in person, and it was, it was wonderful because that word that I, I gave last week um, also came in that car ride like he knew we were going to get iced out or something, uh, something about him being sovereign and all-knowing. He just seems to know what he's doing if we'll just get out of the way and let him do it, but it's good to see you. We're going to have the kids stay in here this morning. Um, this is one of those mornings uh, for you parents, really for anyone, I don't care if you're a parent of anyone in here, if you are an adult and there are children in here, this is for you. Uh, because there will be testimony this year, I'm telling you, I promise, there will be testimony this year, a tangible fruit of what God has said He's going to do this morning. You will have it in your lives and in your stories, and it is for you to share with these little ones, because they will hear the same word you're going to hear this morning. But it's up to us to show them the fruit of God being faithful to what he said he's going to do or not. So that falls on us. So we get to be a part of that. We get to do that this morning. So the kids are in here to keep us accountable. That we would share the goodness of God and what he does for us this year, okay? Um, We have a tradition. I've said this before, and I love this tradition. We have a tradition in this house that for the first Sunday of every, every new year, the vision of what God has said He's going to do, what we're to be focusing on in the year to come has always been laid out for us. I've never been in a church besides this one where that is done. I've been in churches where they talk about, the, literally been in churches where the first Sunday of the new year was talking about the calendar for the church. Like that was our sermon. It's like on Sunday, this day, we're going to do this and then then we're going to have these on Tuesdays, and, that, and then you're dismissed. Like, it was a business meeting. It was just gathering all the, the business partners up, and we had a business meeting. It, but I've never been in a place where the Word of God and what He has specifically spoken through the Holy Spirit and Revelation is laid out for what we're doing in this year. And it's a foreign concept in churches that God would seek to establish us on solid ground before the year starts that we would know exactly what he's doing before he begins to do it, right? He said this, and he's done this for us. He said this in the beginning of all this crazy pandemic stuff that he was removing the gray. And what has he done since then? And we've not been shocked when things shake, when when solid foundations like government and school systems and different things like that shake. We've not been surprised in this house because we knew the Lord was removing the gray, that things would be black and white again, that we would see what is of God and what is not of God. And he's doing that again today. He's laying out what he's about to do for us so that we can continue in clarity and in perfect and unifying steps with one another. So as long as I'm pastor here, that's what we're going to do on the new year. 
in the first Sunday that we get to gather together. So we ask today, what does the Lord have before us? How will he come into our communities, in our homes, in our hearts? How will he have us establish his kingdom in this new year? And so asking those questions, I have to ask you first, are you ready for the answer to this question, to these questions? Are you ready for the answer to it? Are you ready to know what the Lord is going to do in this new year? And I'm not asking you this like a, like a football game pep speech, like, are you ready? We're ready. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm not needing any grunts or anything like that in return. I'm, I'm literally asking, are you ready to step into what God has for you this year, or will you stay sidelined? That one hits a little deeper in the gut. Because the follow-up question, not only are you ready, the real question is, are you willing? That question has to be answered first before we can move on from this. Are you willing to step into fully what God has released over this house in this this new year? Are Are you willing to pursue Him and forsake all others? This year, will you... Will your pursuit be God or will your pursuit be God and? A lot happens when we pursue God and. It's not a lot of good stuff. The and is a powerful thing because the and is founded in us and not founded in God. And so many people pursue God and. But the and is the killer of destiny because all things are made for him and through him and to pursue anything but him only ends in tragedy. I'm not saying don't have goals. I'm not saying don't have dreams. But I'm asking, are they founded in him first? Because if you are pursuing God and those dreams are not founded in him first. If you're pursuing God, he will give you dreams. He will give you goals that are for your good and for his kingdom to be established in your life and through you. Are they founded in him first? If he sits on the throne of your life, they will be. But he will not share the throne with and. Amen? He's a, je- he's a jealous God. He does not share your heart. And what He has for us this morning, He cannot afford for us to be splitting the throne of our life with Him and something else. And so I'm asking you this morning, if you're actually willing to pursue God, period, and are you willing to step into fully what He has? Because we are in a world of people that pursue God and... But Matthew 7 tells us that those that pursue God and depart from me for I never knew you. Doesn't end up well for them. So you already know how it ends, so let's just not even mess with the in-between part, right? Let's just pursue God. You guys good with that? Okay. That has to be rooted in your hearts. So this year, what is the vision? I've I've talked about it uh, in anticipation for several weeks What is the vision that the Lord has for this church? But before I can answer that question, before I can talk about it, I've got to talk about plants. Stay with me. I know I'm toying with you a little bit, but we really have got to talk about plants first. If you'll turn to 1 Corinthians 15, we'll start in verse 35 in just a minute. I was on my phone several weeks ago and came across... Uh, this photo, if you'll put that photo up now, it's just that little Twitter post. Nope, not that one. That one, there it is. Uh, <laughs> that guy gets to come up next. Okay, so I came across this photo, and it's, it's difficult to see 
But what it is, it's a train station. The train has stopped, and you guys have all seen train stations in movies that are, or you've been to them yourself. That's gravel all on the ground. But what you see right there is a bunch of tiny plants that have blossomed and grown. And the post says, when the train always stops in exactly the same place, the air conditioner always drips in exactly the same place, and a tiny ecosystem is born. Fascinating. I was just blown away by that, and the Lord captured my heart right there and began to teach me of what He was going to do this year. A tiny ecosystem blossoming in a place it shouldn't. They didn't put gravel there. A lot of us know this in West Texas. We don't put caliche down. We don't put all this gravel and spend all this money to put gravel down for weeds to come up. Right? That's like, that's a, a caliche's worst nightmare. When you go out, you're discouraged. Like, I see it all the time in, our, in the country and in our driveway, which is caliche, and we'll go outside and I see a new weed, strong and vibrant and green. And just like, oh my gosh, I've got to go do all this extra work. But there, there are things that are growing in places that they shouldn't. They didn't put gravel down there for a tiny ecosystem to come up. But what But what would be said couldn't happen, didn't happen, did happen. They didn't put all this down thinking that, you know, oh, well, probably there's going to be an AC line that's going to drip right here and there's just going to happen to be seeds and it's just going to happen to be fertile ground underneath this gravel and it's just going to happen to water it perfectly and it's just going to happen to bring life to this tiny ecosystem. You would not say that that was a possibility and that's probably not going to happen. Just the same way those people that paved roads, right? We've blacktop roads, and then all of a sudden you see this pile of grass popping through it. You would not think that that would have been possible when they laid it down. But all of a sudden it happens, and things begin to blossom in places that they shouldn't. And so I just began to look into to what's called a micro-ecosystem. And a micro-ecosystem is, it contains everything necessary it's seen in larger ecosystems, but on a tiny spectrum, right? Duh, right? Everything necessary. So if you think of uh, Yellowstone National Park, that is a massive ecosystem. Everything necessary to create that on a tiny scale creates a micro ecosystem, which is just really cool. And so then I found out about this guy, and you can put his photo up now. This is... Uh, yeah, his name's David Latimer, so he's probably a really cool guy. He's probably a pretty solid dude. Uh, he's got a solid last name for sure. Um, but this guy, okay, so I'm just going to read a little about, about this, and just hang with me. I know we're doing horticulture this morning, but just hang on. For the last 40 years, this bottle has been completely sealed from the outside world. But the indoor variety of spider warts, which is what that plant is called, have thrived, filling its uh, bottle home with healthy foliage. Yesterday, Mr. Latimer, 80 years old, uh, said it's about six feet away from the window, so it gets sunlight and grows towards the sunlight, and he rotates it. Otherwise, it is a definition of low maintenance. I've never pruned it. It just seems to have grown to the limits of the bottle, and the bottle has created a tiny ecosystem. He planted a single plant in there, put a little water, sealed it. Forty years later, that's what we have. It didn't have anything outside of it. It just blossomed in and of of its own by itself. And would that be one of the things that you would think, now a tiny ecosystem wouldn't be created in that? You don't look at a cup, you don't look at a bottle and think, 
plants would probably thrive in that. Right? That's not what you think. You think that that's to fill something to later be empty, but it's filled with this tiny ecosystem that thrives. It has its own process of making food and watering itself uh, through humidity, and then it rains in there, and then it waters itself again and just recycles and recycles and recycles. And so it's this massive and fascinating thing that's filled this over 40 years, completely sealed with no outside help. And what would think to be impossible has become possible. But how is all of this possible? And scientifically, it's called germination. It's very uh, simple. We all read about this in fifth grade science class. But the conditions are right or opportune, so the seed, the seed excuse me, yields its contents, thus providing growth. Uh, roots, all things necessary for new life. All things necessary for new life are contained within that little seed. But what we don't often realize about this, and this is fascinating, Scripture teaches us about this, and we'll read it in just a second. All of that life, I mean, you go to the Redwoods. I don't know if anybody's been to the Redwoods. I've never been to the Redwoods. I've seen pictures. Sarah's been to the Redwoods. She said they're cool. We have a, a desk in our house that's made from trees in New Zealand that are, I don't know, Andrew, what, thousands of years old? 3,000 years old. i got a 3,000-year-old tree holding up my TV. It's pretty cool. Uh, but all of that started with this tiny seed, right? We've got uh, pecan trees left and right out here. We know how they all started, the bane of my existence, pecan trees. But starts as this tiny seed and blossoms this massive, massive tree. In germination, we just think the seed opens up, the contents, and then everything out of it necessary for life, and then it comes. And I know I'm getting redundant a little bit, but just hang with me. What we don't recognize about this process is that the seed has to actually and consciously make a decision to die for the things within to be yielded and to be allowed to escape that they could grow. Every seed contains the contents necessary for the life uh, that needs to grow that needs to come, the tree that is to blossom for it, the root that's supposed to come. But if that seed does not make the choice to die when the moment is opportune, when the water is there, when the soil is fertile, if it does not make that decision to die, nothing can come from it. So we don't realize that the seed must die for new life to come. The seed dies to then release the life that is held within And that should begin to sound familiar. And now we'll start looking at 1 Corinthians 15. Being 35. But someone will ask, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but the bare kernel. Perhaps of wheat or of some other grain, but God gives it a body as he has chosen and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly one is of one kind. The glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. So it is 
With the resurrection of the dead, what is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in the natural body and it is raised in the spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of dust, and as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. There's a beautiful thing that happens here in recognizing the lineage of where we come from because we are both the man of dust and the man of the spirit, the first and we are of the last. We are of both of these things. But if the seed does not give up what its contents, what, what it contains within itself, everything dies. And I need you to hear that part. If we do not die to self, everything that you have ever received about God, everything you've ever heard and everything you declare in this place so boldly to be true, will die with you. If you do not allow yourself to die now, that what is within you could be given to those around you. Just as a seed will not produce fruit if it does not yield what is within it. And we live in a world of those that are simply seeds. We've got a lot of seeds walking around. Unwilling to die. Unwilling to die to the pursuit of end. And because of that, there is no life given. I get so exhausted having conversations. I had a conversation this last week. It's time for the church to stand up. Time for the church to stand up. It's time for godly men to, to get into government and fix it. Nope. Are you talking about the same godly men that refuse the Holy Spirit? Father, Son, and anything else they can fit as long as it's not the Holy Spirit because He's uncomfortable. He's unplanned. He's unscripted. If the church would receive all that God had given, we would not be in the place that we're in. And if the church would live the life we have been created to live, it's not like we're having to work for something new. We just need to live the way we were designed to live. If we would live that way, things would begin to change. All these things will be added unto you. God created government last. Dead last. At the pleading of the Israelites. And He told them, this is really stupid. I'm paraphrasing, of course. That's not how it translates in the Hebrew. It's close. But he said, because, and this is what he said when he answered their prayer, because my people have chosen to follow a man instead of follow their God, I will give them a king. We cannot continue to pursue and, and we cannot continue to live our life withholding the contents of life that have been freely given to us. That would be like me telling you if you want to hear what the Lord wants to do this year, all you've got to do is pay a simple cost of $15.95 three times a month and I'll give you the word. And I'll give you a little disc as a bonus. How could I charge you to, to give you what has freely been given to me? And is there anyone in here that it costs them anything to receive the blood of Jesus? 
Did He die on that cross because you made a deposit? No. He died on that cross because He loved you and because you were made to be a man of dust and a man of spirit. You were made and designed to be filled with the presence of God, a holy temple walking and establishing the presence of God in the kingdom of heaven everywhere you go and every place you enter. That is what you are made for, like it or not. It is what you are designed to do. But until the seed dies, everything within it will die. And that is what the Lord has spoken for us over 2022. Listen to me. If we are willing to die, if we are willing to surrender the life within us, to surrender the love and kindness freely given to us, surrender it to the world around us, to direct the river of life that flows into us, out into places around us, what will flourish and what will spring forth is a micro-ecosystem. A place that differs from all surrounding areas. Completely unique and full of unique creation. I was reading, as I was reading all these things, I came across what a microhabitat is. And it, a microhabitat is completely different from everything around it. And there is no definition for why it is what everything around it isn't. And as I was putting all this together uh, yesterday and just sitting and reflecting with it last night, the Lord said, do you remember what you've asked me for? Right? We talked about last week, and we've talked about this over several weeks, that when we pursue God, He gives us the desires of His heart that we could then pray and ask for those things that were first within Him and now they're within us. I desire for this to come. I desire for this in my life. But it was given to us by God first because He's just been simply waiting for us to ask for those things. When we pursue God, He gives us the, the desires of our hearts because they existed in Him first. That's why John 15, 7 can say, ask whatever you wish, and by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. He wants to give us all of these things, but first must be the pursuit of God that He could first give us the desire to pray for the things that we ourselves could not pray for. We ourselves could not come and recognize that we need. And so this is the same thing that we see here. This is the same thing that He's doing here and that He's done because a prayer that has ex existed in this house since I've been pastor is that this city would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city in a state in a country. That the city of sundown and its surrounding areas would look like the kingdom of heaven and have more in common with the kingdom of heaven than they do the cities that surround them. I've prayed that. I may be alone in praying that. I don't think I am, but I may be alone in praying that. But I'm telling you right now what the Lord has said is this is the year with which that will start and with which that will come. Not start, it's already started. But you tell me right now, and any of the things that we just looked at, any of the silly examples that I just pulled up and showed you pictures of, which one of those could you not see? Which one of those could you not tangibly measure? You could see it. You could see it. Just like when you water the ground and the grass begins to grow, you can see the growth. You can see the physical change in the ground around you when you give it the attention and you give it everything that it needs and that it desires and that it is, it is requesting and that it is made for. When you give it those things, you can physically see the change. And this has been a long time coming because there's a lot of us that have been 
eagerly waiting for the physical manifestation of the presence of God in the things that he's doing. That it would not just be fruit that is unseen because that will always happen. If I drop a rock into a clear, still body of water, there will be ripples that I can measure for a period of time, but very quickly there will be ripples that I cannot measure and I cannot fathom and I cannot understand. But most of the time, we just drop a rock, we don't even get to see the first ripple, right? Because we don't know what happens when we walk into a store and we encounter somebody and give them a smile because we just want to be the kindness of God to them and that's all we give them and then we leave. We have no idea what happened in that story. We have no idea what happens in the small encounters of when we bring the presence of God into places and people meet with Him for the, what may be the first time. We have no idea what happens. But I'm telling you, this year the Lord has said, you will see what happens. When you bring love and kindness, when you pour into this place, when you pour into your community, when you allow all that has been deposited in you to flow freely out of you, you surrender that I must die, that they around me would live. We're getting to this time. We're getting to this place where the pursuit of the believer and the desire of the believer's heart, the son and daughter has to be of this place that if if my death would bring about the salvation of a nation, then let it be. Amen. We all know this song, How He Loves Us, right? We've heard that song. If you don't know that song, go listen to that song. You're a little behind. How He Loves Us, I've played that song. Been a part of leading that in worship for many years. Many years. Probably one of the most heavily impacting Christian songs ever written. Because it spreads like wildfire. The man who wrote that song, um, the man who wrote that song, wrote that song out of a place of grief. He was with a friend and they were working on this song. And they were at a prayer meeting. And in this place, his friend said, Lord, if my life, if my death would bring about more lives saved, and would establish the kingdom of heaven greater than my life continuing on. Take it now. Take it now. If you could use my death more than you can use my life, take it now. And that man died on the way home. And then this song came to be. And I'm telling you right now, you can take this song to Africa and they know the words to it. Is that the place that we rest, church? That if he took us now, he took me on the way home. If that meant the salvation of my community, you take it. Because that's what happens. That's the result when there is a people of God that pursue God, period. Not God and. And are absolutely willing to yield everything that has ever been given to them and deposited into them. All the truth that, that lives in us and has been poured into us, I will freely give it. I will not withhold it from anyone. And I'm telling you right now, you will see a drastic change in the world around you and in our communities if we ourselves are willing to die. The Lord is saying He is going to do what we have prayed for. And I want you to just sit in the reality of that for a second. Please, if you believe God is real, you, you can't believe that God is real and then not believe all of God. It's one or the other. 
But if you believe God to be real, you believe God to be power, and you believe God to be love and kindness, and you believe God to be moving, I want you to hear for a second that the creator of the universe has heard our prayer and said, I will do that this year if you will die. And if you will pursue me and forsake all others. I've had this conversation with several people over several different things of you know, boycotting businesses or not going to certain things or hanging out with certain people because, oh, well, I've heard this about this person. I've heard this about this company or whatever. And I always just respond, if you don't go carrying the Spirit of God, are you confident that they'll ever encounter Him again? Can they afford you to not go? And I would ask you to ask yourself that same question this morning. Can the world around you afford you to withhold what God has given you? If you're not sure, I'll give you the answer. It's no. It's not multiple choice. There's only one answer underneath. No. The world cannot afford for you to not freely give what has freely been given. If you're willing to die to self, that God may sit on the throne of your life and that He may direct you into places, into conversations, into situations that only He could bring you into and only He can bring you out of. But there has to become a difference in this Christian world that we live in that is quickly becoming less and less of Christian principles. It's not really ever been a Christian world. It's just had more Christian principles. But I can see that shrinking, can't you? I can see that being rejected, can't you? It's not rejected because they're tired of hearing it. It's rejected because they're tired of not seeing what they're hearing. And it's time for them to see. And they will see through you and through me. And I would ask you the same question. If you are unwilling to go, if you are unwilling to freely give what has been freely given, are you confident that those lives that you are withholding everything they are made for, that you are withholding all of that purpose and destiny from, are you confident that someone else will bring it? And if you are confident that someone else will bring it, someone else will do it, I would ask, why would you want it to be anybody else but you? Why would you want it to be anybody else that releases life into the people around you? I want it to be me. I don't want this cup to pass from me because I was unwilling. I want it to be from me. And the Lord says if we in this house, in this place, will arrive at this conclusion that I will pursue God, period, and I will die to self that what freely exists in me and freely has been given to me will freely flow out of me into all those around me, we will see the tangible evidence of an ecosystem that blossoms that doesn't make sense with any of the communities around it. We don't know how it exists like that. We don't know why it is shaped like that. We don't know how it is thriving the way it is. But we will know. Because the kingdom of heaven is what reigns here and not anything else. I'm telling you, I've, I don't know if it's my military upbringing or the fact that I'm an older sibling, but if it's, if it's attached to me, don't mess with it. I loved being a big brother. because People just naturally were afraid of me. Because I was just, I was a softy, big softy. But I just looked mean. I worked really hard in my bathroom, like making my grunt faces so that people would not want to talk to my sisters. 
it worked out like pretty well. <laughs> they didn't get boyfriends until I was off in college, so that was, I did my job. But I'm telling you, I've always had this real desire to take ownership of the places that I'm in, the people that I'm with, and this community is mine. This is my sundown. And it will have the kingdom of heaven established in it. And if I've got to do it alone, I'll do it alone. But I'm telling you right now, I am not meant to do it alone. I'm meant to do it with you. This is our city. And these are our people. And this is our assignment. No one else's. No one else is coming. Because you have been sent already. Why would he send anybody else when he sent you already? You have been sent, you have been equipped to establish the kingdom of heaven in this city like we've never seen before. And if you're ready and you're willing and you're excited to be a part of it, you will see the kingdom of heaven like you've never seen it before. This is what the Lord has spoken for 2022. This year will only come once. It will never exist again. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it because this, this could be any of our last. Right? We've seen that. This time has been incredibly humbling for the days that we are not guaranteed and recognizing that reality. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. Not guaranteed tomorrow. There's not many of us in here that would think that we would need to be interceding over Tim because he's sitting in a ventilator in a hospital, on a ventilator in a hospital. Wouldn't have believed you thinking that guy would have been hit with COVID that hard. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. And today, he has given us this assignment. What will we do with it? It's very simple. Be love and be kindness. Everywhere you go, be love and be kindness. The Lord has gotten all over me in this. I'm not great about it. I'll go into the store and I'll be in my own world. I'll be dealing with my own stuff in my head and I'll just totally ignore everybody. I'll go in, walk by, do all that stuff. Lord, just say, you're not going to do that anymore. I was at the store the other day for 45 minutes to get a Red Bull. It doesn't take 45 minutes. It's not a big store. The one after another, people kept coming in, just gathered, sitting right there by those water bottles. You guys know what I'm talking about. And we talking and talking and talking and talking and laughing, and there being joy. And I'm telling you, the kingdom of heaven exists where those water bottle pallets sit. It's so easy to be love and to be kindness, and I'm telling you, it's way more fun. So I'm asking you, church, will you hear the vision that the Lord has given? Will you receive it, and will you walk in it? Don't receive it if you're not willing to walk in it. But the Lord has great and mighty and exciting things for us this year. Amen? Die to self. Kill the pursuit of and. For we are to raise our community up in glory. Amen. So that's it. That's 2022. And I cannot believe that we get to be a part of it. I'm telling you, I could not, I, I could not contain myself when the Lord started telling me what He was going to do in this year. And I believe Tim is the start. I have a nurse friend who says, once you go on the ventilator, you ain't coming off. That's where you die. He said in Houston, they basically just get your death certificate ready to go. So they can just put down time of death when they start you on the vent. They're pulling Tim off of it today. 
He's the first. The power of intercession, the power of us dying to self, dying to and, and pursuing God completely that the life within us would flow from us and through us into those around us. And what a privilege. That the first sign of the Lord doing this brand new thing this year will be a miraculous healing of a man that was supposed to be dead will come walking out of the grave. Amen? That's what we're in store for this year. I want to read the rest of 1 Corinthians 15 over you this morning, but I would ask if you would just take a posture of surrender, close your eyes, open your hands, that you would receive what the Lord has spoken over this house this morning, what we get to be a part of, what we get to walk in and stand in. Verse 50, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immorality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, the mortal puts on immorality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable always, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And Lord, we believe it. That the steps, that the actions, that the labor that you have before us this year will not be in vain and we will see the fruit that comes when we direct the river of life that flows into us and we direct it into the world around us. We will see the fruit of it. We will see a community change. We will see a community that takes on the identity of the kingdom of heaven. A community that looks like what the Lord says it will look like, not what the world around says it should look like. And we do not have to worry about the labor and how difficult it will be because we don't have to labor on our own. We get to co-labor with Christ. You are already in the field working it. And you have said it is ripe for harvest. And there has never been a time in my life where we have believed that more. That the world around us is ripe for harvest. But Lord, I pray that as this year comes and goes, what we would not see is Jesus Christ working the field alone. But that we would see this body, this house, in the field with you, reaping the harvest. But for that to happen, for this kingdom of heaven to be established in this city like never seen before, we in here who have heard this word, we online that are hearing the word now, we must die. Not living for our own selfish pursuits, but living for God, pursuing God and allowing you to give us the desires of the things we ought to pursue. Lord, we pray that you would give us dreams, you would give us goals in our pursuit of you. 
Lord, you have great and wonderful things in store for this community. And you have asked, you have chosen, you have called upon this community and this house and the people in it to be those that establish it in this city. And as you call, I pray that you would hear a response of yes and amen. Yes, and let it be. Here I am, Lord, choose me. Send me. I pray that that would be the position of each and every one of our hearts in this place. We cannot wait to see what you will do in this year. We pray over those in this house that are hurting, that are ill. We pray healing miraculously. And we believe in miraculous healing for them. We pray over Tim, continue to bring him off the vent that he would walk out of that place in the days to, the days to come. Healthy and restored. We pray for Carrie that you would continue to heal her and you would continue to protect their house. That no one else would come in contact with COVID. And you would protect them and bring them back to us swiftly. I pray that this word would get a hold of us in a big way. I pray that it would consume our thoughts day and night. That you would continue to add layer and layer, piece by piece, of what you're going to do this year to each and every one of us. That we could see with clarity and understanding how you're moving. And that we can move according to what you reveal. Move in power in this community this year. I pray that there would not be a person in this room that does not die. That the life within could be yielded, could come to establish new and wonderful things. Things unseen by the world around us in this community. pray that our pursuit would be of you purely and only you. That Anne would die here and now this morning. We love you and we thank you. We praise you for this new year and we are excited. And I pray that excitement would rise, excitement would build in each and every new day. Each and every day we're we're given, I pray that we would realize it is to establish this vision that you have released. So we just thank you again for choosing us, for calling to us, and for giving us this assignment. We thank you for how you'll move in power this year and what we'll get to be a part of doing. We love you and we thank you. And we praise you and pray that you would be glorified with each and every breath that we take. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.